It really is wonderful to be with you and uh, a great, great privilege to be coming to ordain. I actually don't like the word ordain, to appoint elders onto this eldership team. But uh, for some of you who won't know me, I, I have been and met, preached at this church. Uh, I think on a, it was a, during the week, I think it was, I was here. And then we did a we, uh, leaders weekend uh, in 2022, mid-2022. And uh, so I kind of know a few faces and I know a few people, and it is absolutely wonderful to see you again. Um, but just to kind of update you where we are and what we're up to and, uh, and what... Let me just put my clock on here. And then also just around what we've kind of started doing with, with Tim and Paula as well, kind of our journey with Tim and Paula. And so I've, I met Tim... Uh, I think I've known... Did I know Tim from... Did I know you from Hillcrest days? No. I didn't. Uh. So, um, but I met Tim down at, uh, at Hole in the Wall, and uh, which is a kind of a whole bunch of lead guys go away and connect, and it really is an amazing, fruitful time of connection and friendship building, and kind of developed a friendship from there. And then, uh, 18 months ago, when calamity hit the P- the Petersons, um, we were kind of very much in touch with them, connecting with them. And continued, and then through that friendship, kind of got close to Paula as well, and and so met with them over, quite regularly over the last 18 months, and uh, trying to counsel, trying to help, trying to to put things together, trying to see what God wants to do in their lives, ministering, trusting God for them. And I want to say to you, friends, I've seen God. If you don't believe God in God. If you have a look at the journey of the last 18 months, you, you have to believe in God. Because God has done a miracle. And I know God has done a miracle in many of your lives. But God, God, I've seen God do a miracle in the life of Tim and Paula and in the life of this church. I've seen the church in action. I've seen a community go deeper in God, connect with God, find each other, and somehow come out the other side where you are growing deeper and wider with God. Um, I've seen God reveal truth to people. I've seen God soften hearts where I thought that it was impossible to. I've seen God grow people and move people on a journey. I've seen God restore marriage. I've seen God begin to restore and strengthen and not just restore marriage, but begin to grow a marriage beyond where they ever were at before. I've seen an eldership team and I've seen leaders carry a church through a very tough time. And I think in a moment like this, we need to honor those that have journeyed. I think of Colin and Verity, who honestly were absolute champions over the last 18 months. They're in Aussie now, and I think they need a round of applause. Honestly, they have absolutely superb, 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 superb elders. Just buckled down, got down with it, got their hands dirty, got on with the job, pulled the community together, and just kept on going in God. I think of, I think of Brent and Bronwyn as, as, as they came onto the team to just strengthen and to, to come alongside. Absolutely superb job. Superb job. He does a, a round of applause. I think of the key role that Peter and, and Karen Rass have played from the inception of this church, but particularly over this time 
and I'm sure will continue to play. But again, outstanding, the church in action, the church trying to pull things together, trying to be the solution. So often the church has a reputation for shooting its injured. But Jesus doesn't shoot his injured. He restores and redeems them, heals them, and pulls them back together again. And makes them stronger than before. And they become restorers and rebuilders of the next generation. And today, we get the privilege of laying hands on two more couples that will join this eldership. To add strength. To bring their gifts. To bring their authority. To bring their gifts into the mix. Because that's what this church needs for its next step as it begins to grow. God doesn't give leaders for its now, it gives leaders for its future. And God is going to add leadership to this church, eldership to this church for its future because you're going to need it as you grow. I just want to say to you tonight, and tonight, you worshipped tonight. This church is a worshipping church and God is trying to rob this church of its worship. Don't let God rob you of your worship. Isaiah 54 says this, Sing, O barren woman, for more are the children of the desolate woman than the one who has a husband. Sing. It doesn't say sing, fruitful woman. It doesn't say sing, woman who has many children. Sing. It doesn't say sing, woman who is wonderfully married. It says sing, barren woman. Sing the woman that doesn't have children who's living in shame because she can't get married and nobody will marry her because she can't have children. Sing, woman, because your maker is your covenant partner. God will be your, your husband. And more are your children. Lengthen, make bigger. Don't hold back. God's with you. But the key, it starts with sing, barren woman. Sing, worship, declare, praise. Friends, when we learn to worship like you did tonight, like you are doing, I tell you what, there's breakthrough and healing in your worship. You don't have to bring people up to the front. People will get healed and restored in your worship as you encounter God together. I want to encourage you, don't let, God, don't let anybody rob you of your worship. What we do this evening is we pull some more leadership into it, into this church, so that the church can have a bigger run. The reason why I don't like the word ordain is because ordain has this, this image of, of kind of an exclusive past class of person. If you look it up and Google it, it says giving, it's to give somebody holy orders. And the reality is every believer has holy orders. Every believer has holy orders under God. Every believer has a mission under God. The eldership doesn't have a special mission. The eldership is just responsible to make sure that everybody is on mission. The eldership is just there to, to fight the fight in the front and go forward and create momentum so that all can be part of it. It's not like they're different and separate and kind of have got their own thing and then everybody else has got their thing. So that's why I don't like the word ordain. And actually in the Bible, it talks about a point, actually. If you have a look at Acts chapter 14, verse 23, it says this, And when they appointed elders for each of them in every church, having prayed for them in fasting, they commanded them to, commanded them 
um, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And that word appoint there is the word to designate. So designate them, put them in place. Titus chapter 1 verse 5 says this, For this reason I left you in Crete, that you might set in order what remains, and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. That word point, appoint, it's a slightly different Greek word to the one I've just read. But it's actually a common term. It's a, it's a non-religious term to appoint somebody to a specific task and, and uh, a specific, uh, you've got something to do. And this evening, that's what we're going to do. We're going to lay hands on these men and these two couples. The reason why they are getting their hands laid on them tonight and getting appointed is because they've been recognized already as doing what they expected to do. You don't get appointed and then do. You do and get recognized and then get appointed. That's how the kingdom works. It's not a title, it's a function. Eldership is a function, not a title. So as they get added, their function kicks in, which means they add capacity, they add gifting, they add leadership, they add authority, they add more of the love of Jesus, they add what? And just by the way, just so you know, in the scriptures, always elders are mentioned in plural. Never in one person. It's always a team. And so it's so cool to have a growing team of elders being appointed tonight. What I want to do, which is the part that I've changed in the midst of my worship, if you can go to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10. I was going to preach out of 1 Thessalonians, and I sent them all the notes and the things, and then changed those ones. Sorry about that. Ah, see at that. That's why I was frantically on my computer. I want to, I want to, I want to very quickly run through a summary of the book of Ephesians, if you can do that, and very quickly. Or. Um, not only is it a summary of the book of Ephesians, but actually what it does is it, is, it, is it helps us understand this amazing story that God is pulling us into, this great purpose that God is pulling us into, this, great, this grace, this unity, this purpose that He's pulling us into, which is why we're doing what we're doing tonight, and why tonight is so important. And what I'm going to do is that we're going to look at all the verse 10s from Ephesians. Ephesians 1 verse 10, 2 verse 10, 3 verse 10. Got that. I know Tim doesn't get that, but the rest of you get that. Eh? 4 verse 10, 5 verse 10, 6 verse 10. Okay, Tim, I got you the whole lot. Okay. So let's, let's get to Ephesians 1 verse 10. This is the big purpose of God. And I actually like that version there. That's the ESV. Verse 10. It says this, as the plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. To unite all things in heaven and things on earth. And actually what, what Ephesians 1 verse 10 begins to show us is that actually God's big purpose from the beginning of time since the fall 
has been trying to pull things back together again. If you have a look in the, in the NIV, this is what it says from verse 9. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So what happens in, in, in 1 verse 10? We find the big purpose of God. If you want to know your purpose under God, it's to pull things back together again that were separated and divided. In the garden, what happened? Division. Man was separated from God. Man was separated from woman. Man was separated from, from the, the planet and the environment. And God in Christ is pulling it all back together again under one head, Jesus Christ. The big purpose, the big plan of God, the reason why Jesus did what he did on the cross is because in him all things hold together again. Colossians says that. In him all things come back together again. We've got to remember that. That's what God's wanting to do. That's what God's plan is. That's what God's big plan is in this story. According to his mystery, in him back together again, to unite, to sum up all these things. Back together again. It's the big story. That's why the cross, friends, is much bigger than you and I getting back into relationship with God. It's a much bigger story. It's a cosmic story. It's like what happened, we don't know what the universe looks like before sin. I'm talking about not just earth, the universe. When Jesus died, everything darkened, the earth shook. It had cosmic implications. And so when Jesus pulls everything back together again in him, under him, in one body, and you and I in one body, that's his big purpose. To reconcile into himself all things, whether things on heaven or things on earth, by making peace through his blood, Colossians says. Where we were separated from God, spiritually and ethically, Living as separated, separated from the life of God. We're back into the life of God in Christ. We were separated from each other relationally and socially. Isolated, lonely. Back into community. Back into Jesus. Back together again in Christ. Where, we, where there's no place, there's no place ever in the universe, in the church, for racism, sexism, and classism. Because everything comes back together in Him. All the categories, all the labels that we carry, that the world puts on us, are left in the waters of baptism as you come out of the waters of baptism. Son or daughter of God, one label. No matter what culture you are, no matter what language you speak, the big idea is you're a son or daughter of God. And you carry your culture with honor as a gift from God to you. And you carry, carry the, your race, your, your culture, your, your ethnicity as a gift from God to you for the purpose of His mission to reach the world. But your identity is not your ethnic and your culture or your race. It's Him. Everybody. You know that human beings, genetically, are 99.9% identical. 
was about to say to you, put it this way, if I can, can, a, can, a, uh, can a Zulu man please stand up? Anyway, just very quickly. Sviso, just quickly. And an Afrikaans lady. Anybody? There's, like, there's lots of you. There we go. There we go. Stay, keep standing, just there. The difference between those two people is 0.1% genetically. In the genome, in the DNA, I don't know how it works. 0.1%. Boy, can we make a lot in that divide over that 0.1% in the church. Thank you, guys. God wants to put it all back together again, back into Christ. Separated within themselves, mentally, emotionally, Adam and Eve were. God takes our inner brokenness and restores us in Christ. All the separations, unforgiveness is a separation, pulls it back together again in Christ. And we move from doings back to being beings in Him. Where we get justified, where we get our, our, all our identity from what we do, rather than we get it back to who we are in Him. We no longer live these dualistic lives where we separate everything. We separate our Sunday life from our Monday going to work life. No, back together again. We separate the Word and the Spirit. No, one. We separate the clergy and the laity, the paid professionals and the normal plebs. No, we all saints before the King, all sons and daughters of the King, able and gifted to minister before the King for His purpose and His glory. Guess where the devil dwells, friends? In the divisions. That's why God makes a big thing about unity in the church. Because his big plan is bringing you back together again. How can you have a church that's not together? That's why marriage is so important, friends. Husband and wife, Christ and the church, back together again. It's the picture of the church. It's the picture of the big plan of God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 gives us the gospel person. We get gospel purpose and then we get the gospel person. And this is what it says there. It says, Therefore we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. We are God's workmanship. We are God's poem. That's what that word is, poema. We are God's poem. We are God's work of art. We are, God, we are created. You are created. All of us, every single one of us in Him are created to take that purpose and put it into action on the earth by being a work of art. Look at the person next to you and say, man, you're a work of art. <laughs> Robert! Robert, you German oaks, you can't do that stuff. You can't say that stoppy stuff. I know that, eh? <laughs> Poems were created and written in the extreme of emotion, in the extreme of God's love. You were created in Him for good works, which He prepared in advance for you to do, for you and me to do. God's big purpose is to pull it all together. 
And what he does, the first thing he does is he pulls us all together in him, makes us one with him again in Christ, because that's what the whole of Ephesians chapter 2 is about. By grace, through faith, you've been forgiven. You were once were dead, but now you're alive. And actually you're alive in him and you were created for purpose, to fulfill that purpose of pulling it all back together again in him. Each of us has a unique part to play in this story to unite and to bring things back together again. Are you playing your part? Are you playing your part? Ephesians chapter 2 goes on to say that he makes one new humanity out of these people. Takes all the dividing walls away. He takes the dividing wall between him and them away. And then he takes the dividing wall between them and each other away. And he creates one new man, one new humanity called the church. And he pulls them all together in him. It's all about pulling it back together again. And then we move to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. Which is about a gospel community. You see, it's God's big purpose is to pull it back together again. He then chooses you and me to do it. But we can't do it on our own. So he puts us into a community. Because we can't become that person outside of him and outside of his community. And this is what it says in Ephesians 3 verse 10. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. This big purpose of pulling it all back together again was going to be put into action by these people, these broken people, which he was going to bring back to life again and make them works of art on a display to the world. And then he was going to pull them together in this community of unlikely people that learn to love each other. Like I said, learn to love each other. Because we don't like each other often. But we learn to appreciate each other. We learn to love each other. That's how we mature and grow in God, because we can't just stay as we are. We've got to change and become more like Him, bringing it all back together again. This multifaceted wisdom of God to bring it all back together again was going to come together in the church. And when that church becomes the church, it echoes into the spiritual realms to the powers and principalities and say, God is on the move. His plan is on the way. His purpose is being outworked. And they all know. You begin to awaken the spiritual atmosphere in a, in a community, in a, in, a, in a region, as the church becomes the church. You go to Ephesians 4, verse 10. I'm going to cheat you. Because I actually want to get to 11, but I'm going to read from verse 10. It says, he who has descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity. Ah, there it is, pulling it all back together again in the face and, and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. In verse 16, it goes on to say this, From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up as each part does its work. 
The big purpose of God is to pull everything back together again. He's going to use you and me to do that. Unbelievably, He wants to use you and me. By the grace of God, He says, you, I want to use you. In the midst of your brokenness, in the midst of your weakness, His grace is bigger. His love is bigger. He then, what He does is He puts you into a community of people because it's through that community that, that, that's going, it's, that the multifaceted wisdom of God is going to be made known. But that community needs help. It needs, fa- it needs fashioning. It needs forming. And so what he does, he gives that community gifts. They call translocal gifts. Apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers so that that body can become the body that comes together and becomes the body that knows, how, that knows who it is and who they are. And they begin to minister. And they begin to learn to live with each other and become mature. They become ministers of the gospel. Mature ministers of the gospel. And what happens is this body becomes so mature, it becomes self-regulating. Because it's joined and held together by relationships. And then what happens is it grows... And builds itself up. It grows organically. Like a, like a building planner. That's the word there. It's like a builder. So it's both planned and intentional and planning. But it's also organic growth. And each part, it, as it grows and bu- it builds itself up, as each part does its work in love. Translocal gifts are given to the church so that the, that the church would know, its, know, know Jesus become mature, and each part would begin to do its part in love. So not only the church would grow, but the world would know Jesus. Friends, the time for the church to sit on its papachai and come to Sunday Sunday morning services and think that that's Christianity is done. And to just watch all the division around us, political division, Financial division, marital division, social division, everywhere we love. The devil is in there. And the church is like, yeah, Jesus. Friends, we've got a job to do. We've got a job to do. It's through the church, the manifold wisdom of God. And God gives these gifts so that this body would become a body that works together, where each part does its work. Because this body needs equipping, this body needs building up, this body needs maturing, this body needs unity. If a translocal gift comes into the body and the body doesn't become more unified, that's not a translocal gift according to the scriptures. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 10. This is what it says, a short little bit. And find out what pleases the Lord. The big purpose of God is to pull it back together again. He's going to use you and me. He's going to put us into a community. He's going to get gifts to the community so that that community can be all it can be. Because that community needs to be all it can be so that the people in the community can be all they can be. Vice versa, it works like chicken and egg. Like the people need to do their part and the community needs to do its part so that each part grows and does its thing. But then this, this community has actually got to, everybody's got to find out what it means to please God. So 
what do we what do we what do we need to please God? What's it impossible without to please God? Faith. You see, this community is a community of faith. So this big story, purpose, personal thing, communal thing, gifts to the community. But at the end of the day, it's faith. This is a faith community. That it's impossible to please God without faith. We live that, I understand that God is real. And He exists and He's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek Him. Hebrews says. We understand this and we live like this. We, we don't just have a faith that Jesus saves me. We live with faith. Jesus is real. The Father is real. The Father is a provider. The Father is a protector. So I trust Him like a child. Faith to reprioritize our lives around Jesus and His will, not my will. Faith to pray. Faith to pray and pray and pray on your own and together. Pray. See, it's faith to please God and not please self. That's this community. It's faith. And then lastly... Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. God's big purpose is to pull everything back together again, is to do the impossible, is to take every division, the most unlikely, separated, divided heart, divided people, just hectic situation, and pull it all back together again but he's going to use you and me by grace, through faith. And then he's going to put us into a community so that we can become that, not just preach that. Then he's going to give gifts to us so that that community can be mature and minister and understand unity and become a message. The community itself is a message, not just the message they preach. And then this community is going to be a faith community. It's going to be a, it's going, this community lives by faith. And Ephesians 6 verse 10 says this, this is not going to be easy. You're going to have to fight. But be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power, and you'll overcome. It will be a wrestle, it will be a struggle, but it's not flesh and blood that you fight, it's powers and principalities. You see, when the church comes together and it becomes a display of the manifold wisdom of God and, and, and impacts the powers and principalities, what do you think the powers and principalities are going to do? Just say, oh no, like awesome. Or they're going to fight back. No, they're going to fight back. So now you've got to know what it means to pray. Now that you know what it means to be in warfare, you've got to know what it means to wrestle with your own thoughts and all that's going around you. Friends, the devil has a plan for this church, and it's not a good one. But God has a bigger plan of pulling things back together again for the sake of His kingdom. And this battle is won in prayer, friends. And you've got to put your full armor of God on. And you've got to stand before God. And you've got to wrestle with the armor. The armor is what He has given you. You don't, you don't wrestle to put the armor on. The armor is the gospel. That's what you have. That's what you have. You have a shield of faith. He's going to question your right standing with God, and, but you have a breastplate of righteousness. 
He can't get into your heart because you've got a breastplate of righteousness. No matter how bad you've been and no matter how faulty you are, if you're in Christ, you are righteous before Him because of the breastplate of who He is over your life. He's going to make you feel passive and apathetic, but your feet are fitted with the gospel of readiness. It's it's you fitted with this gospel. You're on a foundation of a gospel and you're ready to move with it. He's going to twist the truth. But you've got a belt of truth. The Word of God. He's going to rob you of hope. But you've got a helmet of salvation. Put it on. Wear it. It's yours. He's going to make you forget what God has said. But He's given you the sword of the Spirit to remind you of what He has said. Fight with it. It's the Word of God. Put on the whole armor of God. Prayer is the key to the believer's life. Pull everything together. Use you and me in a community. We'll give gifts to that community so that that community can be what it's going to become. It's a community of faith and it's going to be a life that's one on the battlefield of prayer. That's the big plan of God. And tonight what we're doing is this community that he's put in place He's giving gifts to this community in the form of elders. So those eldership couples, please, wouldn't mind coming forward. That would be great. Yeah. Chris and Carla and... Robert and Anna-Marie met with these guys and you will all know them if you've been in the life of a church for any length of time. And in prayer and in conversation with them and in consultation with others outside of this church, I know this, that these are going to be gifts to this church. These are strong men. They have good marriages. They've got their life in order. They've got their families are in order. You see, that's why you can't lead the church. That's why, that's why it's so important, friends, to pull things together. Remember, big purpose of God, pull things together. So important. And so what happens tonight is that we are going to lay hands on them. And not only will you recognize them, it's so important this as well. Not only that you recognize them, the existing elders recognize them, but outside of this church, people recognize them as being good for this church, good shepherds for this church, shepherd-hearted men and women that will lay down their lives for this church. And so all tonight is, is we're going to lay hands on them so that everybody can see officially, but I'm trusting God that as we do that, there will be a radical impartation of authority, of power, of even greater wisdom. Remember, the wisdom doesn't come from me, Robert. You don't have to worry about getting what I've got. It comes from him. That God would give you greater wisdom than you've ever had before, greater love for these people than you've ever had before, greater insight into what this church needs. It's, it's, it's sheep 
The Bible talks about us being sheep and giving us shepherds. Green grass, fresh bread is what the sheep need. Daddy always said this. I love love this thing. He said this. He said, leaders of the church, love the sheep, feed the sheep, lead the sheep. In that order. When you love the sheep, when you love people, you get the privilege of feeding them, preaching, ministering to them. And when you, get the, when you love the people, and you, because of your loving them, you're feeding them, you, you get the honor of leading them. You don't come with the leadership, I do what I tell you, do that. No, 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 you love them, lead them. I love them, feed them, and then lead them. And this is what I believe these men and women have to offer this year. So let's, um, so I think first of all, as I've met with them, they have profoundly said that's what they want to be and that's what they want to do. This couple has been on an eldership team for many years, like 20 years already. Odd. With Greg, uh, with the Garrets, which in itself is an absolute, you've got, you, you know that you've got quality here to endure that. So, and then this couple here is just incredibly shepherd-hearted from home groups to just, I can just sense the sense of, of pulling people together. You're going to be people that are going to release leaders through your home from around your table. Get, don't stop having people around your table. Your work is going to get done around the table. And you're going to release, you're going to see many leaders come from around your table. Restored and released and, and brought into the life of the church. You, you, both of you, but I felt that for you. And both of, both of them have gifts that are different to Tim and different to Paula. It's what the church needs for this season. So, we're going to lay hands on them. So, um, Tim, oh yes, the video, please. Uh, Colin sent through a video for you guys. So, let's see what it is. pressure job in the whole of the church. <laughs> Bless her, Lord God. Bless her, Jesus. Give one more go. It's a problem when you give an old guy flipping technology to send across the flipping oceans, right? <laughs> Colin, if you watch this, dude. Yeah. Just give it one more go.
guys are going to have to watch it on social media. This evening, uh, when Tim shared the news of your celebration this evening with uh, the leadership growing and expanding and new eldership teams coming on, it's... Good evening, uh, City Hill Church. Uh, greetings from uh, hot and humid uh, Queensland in Australia. It's such a blessing to be with you this evening. Uh, when Tim shared the news of your celebration this evening with uh, the leadership growing and expanding and new eldership teams coming on, it, it was absolutely a joy for us. Uh, we pray for, your, for you regularly and constantly. And now in Robert and Anna Marie and Chris and Carla, I can tell you that this is a good thing for, for City Hill in, in Toti. And I know that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the, the mechanism that assists Tim and Paula and the leadership team to move forward and go to the next place. Um, move on to where God's leading you. So, so God bless. Enjoy your evening well. God bless you guys, Robert and Anna Marie. You're, you're experience and your knowledge and your your love and your wisdom is is going to be very fruitful and Carla and Chris a long time in coming and and God is is going to take you further and further as you embark on this road absolutely and so we just pray for you we pray that you will continue to be the blessing that you have been to the church and to Tim and Paula as you support them in their leadership roles uh, and we're just so excited for all of you. So sending greetings from a very hot uh, cook town in far north Queensland. Miss you guys a lot. Hope to see you soon. God bless. Bye. Wonderful. Brilliant. Wonderful, eh? Like I said, absolute champions. So let's, I mean, if, if Tim and Paula and maybe Greg and Taryn also want to come forward, we're going to just lay hands. You guys are going to come forward as well? Please. Got some gifts. Oh, nice, eh? Wonderful. So I just, I think, just before we do that, I just would, your responsibility as the church, is to submit to their leadership. It's to understand this, that all of us as sheep need somebody to take care of us. Even leaders of churches. We're all sheep. Somebody's got to take care of the sheep. And as leaders, we get to learn to take care of our own sheep needs, but we all need people to help us, to look over us, to watch over us. And Hebrews 13 says, that the elders, the leaders watch over the flock that they get given account to God for one day. And our, your responsibility is to make their leadership a joy because otherwise it doesn't go well with you or them. And that's what Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17 says. So actually our responsibility as sheep um, under the care of, of elders is to make sure that their life is good so because when their life is good, they're full of joy, full of God, they become confident, courageous, brave leaders. 
that urge you on and keep you going forward, which is what we all need. And um, so that's very key. And your responsibility under God, which you're going to give an account to God for one day, is to look, take care of these people, to love these people, to feed these people, to lead these people, but to take care of them, to watch over their souls. That's a radical thing, eh? Like their souls. That's an eternal thing, a soul. It's like you, it's a huge responsibility, which I know that you guys are all up to. So let's, um, let's lift up our hands. Let's stretch out our hands as we pray for them now. And um, I don't know if Tim wants to pray first, and then we can, we can, and then we, all, we can pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that as we acknowledge these leaders, they will lead with boldness and confidence, Lord. I thank you for an anointing over their lives, an authority over them, Lord, which is not forced, but it is the grace of God. Yes, Lord. I pray for unity in the team. I thank you for strength over them. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that they will draw out each other's strengths and the strengths of the people in the church. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, that you be pleased with them, that you set them apart as a display of your power and glory, Lord Jesus, and anyone that gets close to them will get close to you. I thank you that you protect them, that you provide for them, that you strengthen them, that you protect their marriages and their families, their finances and their future will all be absolutely secure in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I thank you that they lay their lives down for the sheep and to serve the King of Kings. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for this team. So I had a word when I was just praying and preparing for you. Um, and I just I saw a caravan park. <laughs> and um, it was a bit of a strange word because I think I told you I hate camping. So I was like, oh, no, Lord, I'm not going camping. I know you do. So maybe that's why I was sawing the caravan park and it was the picture that I got was um, a caravan park and it was like everybody wanted to be near Chris's site and it was like because Chris has got the right tools he's got the right tent and he's got like the right bra and um I felt like, and I mean, I don't know if you're that sort of guy because I don't know you that well, but I felt like sometimes it can be a little bit frustrating because everybody comes to you and borrows your things. Mm. And um, I felt like that scripture in 2 Timothy 3, and it says, where God has equipped man for the work and the task that he has for him. And I felt like God wanted to remind you tonight that he has shaped you perfectly as a couple for this task he has yeah. ahead of you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I felt like you are going to train people yeah. for the task God has ahead for them. So don't get frustrated when everybody comes to use the things Wonderful. that you've got because God has given you the tools. That's why they keep coming and they all say, when they're going camping, they're like, can my caravan be next to Chris and Carla's caravan? 
because he's got everything that we need. So I really want to encourage you for that. So thank you, Father, that you have equipped this couple with exactly the tools that they need for this season. It's like he's got this, they've got this massive toolbox, Lord, and every single tool that they need for this next season is in that toolbox. And you have put it there, Lord. And I pray, Father, that when a situation comes before them and they feel ill-equipped, I pray, Father, they'll remember that you've put the right tool in the toolbox for them. And they won't feel ill-equipped. And they'll say, okay, no, Lord, you say that you've equipped us. And you have equipped this couple perfectly for the task that you have ahead of them. Anoint them. And, Father, I thank you that they are going to be incredible teachers. And, oh, Lord, raising and training up people to come behind them. Bless them, Lord. Thank you, Father. And the word that I got for Robert and Anne-Marie was, you know, when you're raising children, um, one of your goals is often the two words that go together are listen and obey. And you'd love the two to go together, but they don't often go together. So you get your children to listen, but often they don't, they might listen, but they don't obey. Or if they do, it's not immediate. But I felt like a commendation from the Father tonight over you as a couple. Because you listen to the Father and you obey very quickly when he speaks. Yeah. And that's an incredible attribute to have. Thank you, Jesus. And I feel like this community, you're incredibly privileged to have leaders who can show you how to do that. And I felt like God say, thank you. Because it's very brave. When God speaks, you, you obey. You don't say, well, Lord, I'm not sure. I'll think about it like our children often do. It's like first time listening. I mean, I'm looking at Tara, and she's the headmistress of our school. And we're trying to teach our kids listen and obey. First time, first time, not third time. But you don't. When God speaks, you obey him because you've walked with him and you've seen the favor when you obey. And I felt God say thank you for that. And there's going to be incredible favor over your lives as you continue. And you're going to teach this, continue to teach this community how there's incredible favor when you listen and obey. I just wanted to say something for the, for the whole community because I feel like the Lord, I want to stand down so that you can see them, but that the Lord is setting you in place because there's that scripture in Luke 10 verse 2 which says, the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers into the harvest field. Yeah. And I feel like what he's doing for this community is he's raising up workers for his harvest field. And the word that came tonight was that the harvest is ripe. And this community, this body is going to grow and you are going to need workers to work the harvest field. And that includes all of you to receive those that are coming in. I was chatting to someone before and they said they can fit a thousand kids in this hall 
I don't know, because they were saying how many children are in the school and all the children come here for assembly. And I thought, sure, this hall is too small for this community. You know, that it's going to grow. And God is setting up. This is a picture of what God is doing because a harvest is coming. And so I just wanted to say that and just to bless you. And there's a, a song that says, Spirit of Wisdom, open our eyes. And I feel like the Spirit of Wisdom is going to come upon you, both of you, to, to make calls and decisions and guide. But it's His Spirit and it's His wisdom that comes upon you to give you revelation and understanding and guidance to lead. So I bless you in the name of Jesus with the Spirit of Wisdom. We got some gifts here for you guys, um, and we had a we had a bra. The Kristen, Carla, Robin, Anna Marie, Paula, and I, and so we got this is one thing we got for each of you. Here we go. That's for you. That's for you guys. We we were talking uh, at the bra, and it was like in every married couple, you get the the one side's cupboard is everything's like ordered and alphabetical and the other's just a pile of clothes that you have to rummage through. I'm not going to say which is which but this, these coat hangers are symbolic of unity and you bringing out each other's strengths. We are not made to be the same but we celebrate the differences and we don't, don't have disunity in our differences. We are united as Stan said tonight. So that's one of the gifts and then we've got as 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 men and women that serve Christ and serve this church, we want to make sure that our foundation is the word of God now and always. We word plus nothing, the word minus nothing. We honor scripture. So we've got these Bibles for you, some journals for you, and we trust that the journey ahead will be absolutely secure on the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're going to lead this church with honor, and we're going to honor the word. So God bless you guys. Get your cupboards in order. Love each other. We love you lots. Understand. Well, Father, I just we just thank you, Lord God, for these couples, Lord. And uh, I don't stand here alone as we do this. It's we're part of the broader NCMI translocal team. And uh, we just recognize, Lord God, what you're doing on these men and women's lives, Lord God. And that you're adding them for purpose, to pull things together, to pull people back into their destiny, to pull a community together, that they live by faith, stand by faith, work by faith, fight the good fight in prayer by faith, and have victory and see your will be done in their lives, Lord God. And so, Father, we lay our hands on them now, Lord God, and say, Father, will you empower them, equip them, anoint them, so that they can become all that they need to be for this community, Lord God. Thank you for the years of service. Thank you for the years of faithful living. Father, protect their marriages, protect their families, protect their homes. Go before them, Lord God. Let them minister at a level like they've never done before, Lord God. Trust you, Jesus. 
You know what this church needs. You're the one that's building this church. And we thank you that you're adding them at this time for this moment. Lord. 